You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. It's Thursday. It is time for another edition of Silver and Black today. Welcome back, Raider Nation. Scott Branson with you. We are set to talk Raiders football. Less about the past and the loss in L.A. and now more about the game ahead. The Raiders home opener against the Arizona Cardinals and a one Mr. Kyler Murray rolling into and onto the Vegas Strip, and joining me as always is my partner in crime. That is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national writer for the NFL at Bleacher Report. You can also catch his Raiders columns on sportsnot.com, which uh, I read religiously, uh, and I know that you guys do too, so we thank you for being back. Mo, uh, here we go. We get to talk. We get to look forward now. We spent last show looking backward, of course, at the game last week and some of the issues with the Raiders, and we'll talk about those too because they haven't gone away, but uh, it's, it's going to be nice to talk about another game as we roll into week two of the NFL. So, so you mean it's the belly aching is over? It's time to stop whining and crying <laughs> about what happened with the Chargers and and the world is the sky is falling and the world is ending and we can move on and talk about the Cardinals now. Is that what you're saying, Scott? Never, right? Uh, it's it's amazing the conversations I've seen in Raider Nation this week, and some of them so dead on. And I mean, we are very lucky. And and again, nothing against any of the other shows uh, because they do great work too. But on our show, I just I find that 99% of our, our fans and our listeners, our viewers up on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook and all that, they are pretty, pretty level-headed. Uh, and so, so I like that. And I think that's true. You find the content you like that matches sort of your, your attitude. And so I think that we're lucky that way because you and I don't freak out too much. Every once in a while, we'll, we'll, we'll get on our soapbox. But other than that, it's, it's been pretty good. And I think that... Uh, we're very lucky, and thank you to all of, all of you. The numbers and all that stuff coming in uh, of you guys watching and listening to the show are phenomenal, and we're just blown away and forever will be humbled by that, so thank you. Mo, we're going to set in, and on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about Raiders uh, news uh, of the moment, 
and of the week, especially around some roster news. In the second segment, uh, Tyler Vasquez of Kickoff in the Valley. We finally get one of our sister shows or brother shows, however we want to call it, um, on the Odyssey Network here. Uh, they are the Cardinals podcast on Odyssey. As you know, we are building a massive empire at Odyssey when it comes to the NFL podcast. And so Tyler uh, is going to join us from Phoenix, and he's going to give us the inside skinny on the Cardinals and what's going on with them. So we got a lot to get to. And then in the third segment, Mo and I will give you a little bit of our preview of the game and kind of the keys to the game. We believe if the Raiders are going to be victorious in their first game at Allegiant Stadium in 2022, what do they have to do? We'll close the show with everybody's favorite curmudgeon, and that is Mr. Kelly Kreiner. So we'll have Kelly. We'll get a little bit of his comments on the Raiders, which you know will be snide. And then we will also talk about, um, I don't know, fantasy football, the Silver and Black Today Fantasy Football League, where there was one huge game between two owners that happened to be on this show, uh, and there was a bet. And so Mo's got to come through on his bet because I actually beat Mo. We'll talk more about that in the third segment. But let's jump in, Mo, now to the show. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking off to the side for those of you watching on YouTube. I'm looking off to the side now because I got to go through all these roster moves. So let's go through this, Mo. Uh, uh, we saw on Wednesday the Raiders uh, signed Keelan Cole, the wide receiver, off the practice squad, put him on the active roster. Then they signed a new center, Billy Price, who was a draft pick in 2018 from the Bengals to the practice squad, as well as cornerback Nikel Roby Coleman, who we talked about on Tuesday uh, to give them depth. He was signed not to the active roster, but to the practice squad. In addition, they claimed cornerback Javelin Guidry via waivers. We talked about that last show uh, from the Cardinals, technically, uh, and also placed uh, Anthony Everett on the injured list. Safety Matthias Farley was sent to the practice squad. Kyle Pecco, for some Raider fans, they had a real big affinity for him, and he, uh, he kind of got because he played hard, uh, but he was released from the practice squad. And, of course, Kalichi Assembly was in for a visit. They have not signed him, nor does it appear that they will sign him uh, after blowing his knees, basically, uh, against the Raiders in 2020 when he was a member of the Chiefs, and he hasn't played since. So we're going to go through that. But, Mo, clearly the injured Raiders, they had no injuries going into the season. We saw some big losses with Averitt, with Trayvon Morig, the safety. He will not play on Sunday against the, the the Cardinals, although they haven't technically said that. He's been listed as out of practice, but it doesn't appear good. When you look at these injuries, defensive backfield, offensive line, Andre James in an ambulance after the game with concussion-like symptoms. We don't know if he's coming back. That offensive line, which is a musical chair offensive line, might be thinner. What do you make of all these moves, and what does it tell you about this Raiders team getting set for this weekend? that they were thin at the positions we said they were thin at. If you remember the 53-man depth chart that I put out at the Raiders set their final roster, I said offensive line, cornerback are my two concerns, uh, not only because they are questionable stars in those positions, but because of the depth. If you lose a guy, what happens? Because I believe the Raiders went into the season with five cornerbacks on the roster. Yes. Now you put Anthony Averett on IR. You got to shuffle some guys in. You got to shuffle some guys out. So it, it, it tells me that the Raiders are top-heavy at certain positions, and when you go through the season, you're going to have injuries. Every team has them. 
Uh, it's the nature of the sport, a physical sport. We're banging bodies on every play. So you have to expect that and you have to be prepared for that. that. That's why I never bought into Josh McDaniel saying, yeah, we're fine with eight offensive linemen. <laughs> I just, I, you cannot listen to everything a head coach says at the podium. I know to us that's secondary nature, but it's a lot of fans. They listen to what these coaches say and they take it word for word. And I say, you know, some of it is coach speak. Some of it is they don't want to tip their hand to other teams. They don't want to tell other teams what they plan on doing because Yes, other teams are listening, like the Cardinals. Uh, so mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels is not going to tell you everything going on or what they're planning behind the scenes. So it's expected that they would bring in uh, a Billy Price, who has versatility, played center, played guard, not very well, starting with the Bengals <laughs> and the Giants, but he has Literally. that he has that position versatility if they need if they have to call on him. But I think as we as they discussed this week, I think Dylan Parham is probably the guy up next because he can also they trained him to play both positions. So it could be his time. I know we saw him shuffle in and out of right guard, but we could possibly see him in center at if Andre James can't go on Sunday. Yeah. And and remember, Josh McDaniels might be warmer and fuzzier, but he did. He was a, a protege of Bill Belichick. He's not he learned a lot. He's not going to go up there and give anybody anything that they can use uh, or tip a, a t- an opposing team, especially in the regular season, around what they might have or not have because that helps the other team prepare. So so they're going to keep it as long as they have to until the NFL requires them to report it um, and until they announce they're active. So so I think that that's not surprising to me, but you're right. Fans listen to it, and they, and they take it as kind of a gospel, and it's not always the case. But, Mo, the, the, the offensive line will get to the defensive backfield – this was the other key area you and I have been talking about since July, right? Some some unknowns there. That was before the trade of Trayvon Mullen to the Cardinals. And, of course, Mullen's out down there as well. But we saw some veterans like Averett, a guy you really liked and we talked about a lot. Uh, he gets injured. Nate Hobbs, of course, has been the big story because he's played so well. But now you're dealing with these injuries and you're dealing with a situation where they performed okay against the Chargers. Uh, in watching again the film since, I watched it again today, uh, the defense actually didn't play. I thought they played okay, and, and I kind of revised my thoughts on that. I thought there was a lot of issues there. Uh, but again, first game, uh, the Raiders did not play their best all the way around, and so you hope that they get better. But that defensive backfield losing people is a really bad sign. Now, if they can go out there and 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 play well, then they can change my mind and a lot of other people's mind. But that's got to be a big concern, especially if it lingers. Now, if it's just a week or so, uh, and you can get some of these guys back, and, and Trayvon Morg is not injured long term, then fine. But man, you're gonna roll back again. You have the Chiefs, you have the Broncos coming back up again, as well as others. It's not an easy schedule, and you need people healthy. You do, but I think this is also why you brought in, while the Raiders would bring in uh, Deron Harmon, uh, pretty much knows what he's doing out there, a battle-tested veteran. So he'll get those reps there. He'll get the start there of how long Trayvon Merrick is out. I believe it's a hip injury. Hopefully right. it's a short-term injury and he's back within one or two weeks. But I, I believe that they trust that Deron Harmon is going to do the right thing on the back end. He can play both safety positions, so he has the versatility. My, my concern is still the offensive line. It, it, it continues to be. I know people are going to say, wow, you know, not a revelation there. Sound like a broken record. But it, if Derek Carr, and I know Derek Carr had a bad game, right? And and to, like we said last show, two things could be true. Derek Carr can have a bad game and the offensive line cannot play up to snuff. So 
if that offensive line continues to be what it is, and I wrote a piece about it, and I believe I tweeted about it, if Josh McDaniels plans on just rotating the right guard and right tackle position throughout the entire season, that is not ideal. I don't care what he says or how he tries to spin it at the podium or spin it to you people on coach speak, but how many teams do you know go to the Super Bowl, go to the playoffs with, with two spots rotating on their offensive line? Just doesn't happen. You have to settle in on five guys eventually. And Mo, I'm going to go a step further and say it's dangerous. I don't. I, I mean, it's it's not just troubling. It's dangerous because, and I don't know. Again, I don't know what they see out there on the market, and if they don't feel something, someone can help. I mean, I, I we've talked about names for weeks of people we think would at least get the opportunity, bring them in and work them out. They have not. They brought in some guys that are really secondary, third tier players. Uh, and that's concerning because you look at it, this rotation, and you said it the other day, we were talking about quarterbacks, and, or we were talking about the offensive line. You said, hey, if, if, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. Well, in this case, if you have seven offensive linemen, then you don't have five. And, and so if you look at that, that revolving door is not going to benefit you or work, especially in this division. And especially in this conference, how are you going to not only get out of your conference or your division, but how are you going to put up with the other teams out there, whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's Indy? I know they didn't play great, but they will play better. Um, the, the AFC is stacked. And so if you don't have five guys and, and a, a unit that can gel together, then you're in trouble. And I want to point this out, too, because this game against the Cardinals – I'm seeing a lot of bargaining out there with Raider fans. They're saying, oh, the offensive line didn't play that bad. Well, outside of Dylan Parham, uh, they all ranked, if you look at the PFF rankings, and I know those are subjective, and I know a lot of people hate PFF rankings, and I understand why. I'm not going to argue with you on it. But they all graded in the 50s, with Colton Miller being the worst. He just had, he had a bad game. I, I don't expect that to continue. But nonetheless, you look at that, and that's a big problem because if you go 0-2, a lot of people think that they're going to beat the Cardinals. It's not going to be a problem. Um, I, you can't do that in the NFL. And just so you know, 30 teams in the NFL since the 14-team playoff expansion, okay, 30 teams have started out 0-2. None of them have made the playoffs. Zero since the playoffs have expanded. So this is a huge game for the Raiders, and they have got to get that offensive line gelled. If they don't, then it could spiral. And again, we're not being negative. We're just being truthful here. If they don't fix it and figure it out and guys don't step up, they could be in big trouble very, very soon. I think the ideal combo there is um, Dylan Parham at right guard and Mumford at right tackle. It's just a matter of they just need the experience and the reps at those yes. spots because yes. remember they just drafted both guys Illuminar came back on a one-year deal lester cotton kind of came out of nowhere after richie incognito retired he kind of vouched for lester cotton being the next guy up saying he's grown but to me it seems like they want the guys that they drafted to eventually wind up in those spots but they again they just don't have the experience yet to leave them out there full time so what they're doing is they're trying to get the veteran insurance in there now and still get the young guys reps so they're trying to have their cake and eat it too in a sense mm -hmm. but to me eventually i would say by week three or four you want to have that squared away and settled no question. And and we'll get to car and quarterback play and all that later in the game in the in the show, but um 
yeah, the Raiders need to start putting some stuff together. We need to see a better performance, not only of that offensive line, but of the quarterback. And, of course, on the defense for the entire unit has got to perform better. We have to see more pressure up the middle, and you have to see those defensive backs, how they operate with a couple men down. I mean, it's part of the NFL. You're going to have injuries. You hope it doesn't happen in the first two weeks, right? It tends to happen to all teams at different times, but certainly coming off a disappointing performance where even in a disappointing performance, they were still in a position to win the game. Uh, that's encouraging. And so I'm not trying to discourage fans out there, but there's a lot on the line in this home game uh, against the Cardinals, and that's what we're going to talk about. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside when we come back for segment number two, Tyler Vasquez of Kickoff in the Valley, our fellow Odyssey podcast. They cover the Cardinals. He's going to be with us. We're going to get the skinny on what's going on down at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, and he'll give us the full report on that when we come back. All right, that'll do it. We'll be back in a second. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Silver and Black today here on Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Segment number two, Silver and Black today. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to us on audio, you can find us everywhere. Yes, we're ubiquitous, I promise, Raider Nation. Just search, just click the link that we put out on our social media. You'll find us. It's easy. If you watch us on YouTube, we have a massively involved audience on YouTube. The chat is always crazy, as you can see right now to the right of your screen as people are talking to Mo and I in the chat. Do that, subscribe, but also hit the notifications bell so you don't miss when we have a new show. Okay, Mo, we're going to quickly move now to the Cardinals. The Raiders are at home uh, this uh, Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, the Death Star as it is known, and they welcome the Arizona Cardinals. And to talk about that, we bring in our good friend Tyler Vasquez, and Tyler is the co-host of the Kickoff in the Valley podcast. They cover the Cardinals. And so we go down to Phoenix now and we bring him in. Tyler, thanks for joining us, man. It's great to do a little bit of uh, a cross promotion here of another original Odyssey podcast. How you doing, man? Oh, thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. A little warm here in the Valley, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you're feeling it as well uh, out there in Vegas for all the fans of Vegas. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I, I lived in the desert for so long and grew to love it, uh, the beauty of it. Uh, but I did not like uh, I didn't like August and I didn't like being in September. And then it would start to cool a little bit. Now, down where you guys are, my daughter went to college there. It, it stays hot longer 
because you're in the low desert, so I understand. But uh, but a beautiful place. I love Phoenix, always will, and we certainly appreciate you coming on to join us here. Now, we look at the Cardinals, of course, coming off a week one loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, 44-21, to where they gave up 440 yards of total offense. Going into the season, Tyler, you know, the, the reading about the Cardinals, they had to do something about their defense. They didn't seem to do that much. Longtime Cardinal fans, I see, blame the cheap owners. Uh, they blame the GM, all of those things. But tell us a little bit about, as you guys went into week one, uh, what was the overall impression with the Chiefs? I mean, a tough game to start the season, even though it was at home, even though the Cardinals have lost six in a row at, at State Farm. Uh, what was the thoughts of this team heading into the 2022 season? You know, looking at GM Steve Kime, I think what he tried to achieve this year was let's put all the money in the offense. It's a passing league. We've got one of the most uh, mobile quarterbacks in the NFL that uh, can do things with his legs, can do things with his arm. Uh, you know, it, it was let's give him all the tools so that way we're just going to it's going to be shootouts all day. And so they spent the least amount of money in the NFL on the defense. I mean, there's no other team that spent less than the Arizona Cardinals uh, defensively. So going into the season, I think people knew what to expect. They knew that over the past few years, the Cardinals did draft. Uh, we've I feel like all we do is draft middle linebackers and inside <laughs> linebackers. Uh, I mean, uh, we've done that for year and years and gave Vance Joseph pieces. And it just became, you know what? No, we're going to be people with the guy we drafted number one. And that's what we're going to do. Well, going into that game against the Chiefs, when you have another high-powered offense, you see that that's not always going to work, especially when your offense isn't clicking uh, on week one. So, yeah, no, the Chiefs uh, blew us out, uh, plain and simple. It was not a game. Mahomes did whatever he wanted to do. And uh, it's funny listening to you guys uh, before, as I was waiting in the, the green room area, um, your concerns about your team is is essentially the same concerns we have, just in different areas, right? You guys are concerned <laughs> about the O-line. We're wondering defensively this week, why didn't the Cardinals bring anybody in? You know, yeah. there's guys out there. They've, they've gotten to that. I'm going to butcher his first name. Sue. Sue is out there all day uh, ready for a job. And it's like, that's kind of what we need on the defense. We need some dogs that are going to come into there and not take any crap. And uh, yeah, it's just, it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, everyone was looking at the, the practice invite list, the tryout list this week. And, the names on it, it was a bunch of wide receivers. So it was like, <laughs> wow, what, what are we doing? So the Cardinals plan basically is to score 55 and give up <laughs> less than 50. I guess that's the plan going in. But yeah. uh, you talked about dogs on defense, and that brings me to one Chandler Jones, who I'm sure you're familiar with and Cardinals fans are familiar with. Now he's with the Raiders. What is the plan there to replace his production in the pass rush or just to generate a consistent pass rush there? I know the Cardinals drafted – my Jay Sanders and Cameron Thomas in the third round. So what did you see from those guys in the summer? And are, do you think they can be consistent contributors this season right away? Well, my Jay didn't even suit up on Sunday. So uh, he was inactive and, and healthy inactive. So it, it is mm -hmm. another one of those head scratchers where your second and third round picks, your second round pick, uh, Trey McBride, the tight end, he didn't suit up either. So it is one of those things where we, we're not trying to win with the young guys. Uh, I mean, we are, but not the guys we drafted. It's it's very strange. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm down on my team, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a little brutal right now. Uh, the, the plan for pass rush is simply fresh bodies and a lot of bodies. Uh, just throwing out different guys, bringing them in and, and sending them at, at, you know, at the quarterback. Um, I will compliment the Cardinals. This is going to sound weird for not 
uh, bringing Chandler Jones back. The move that the Cardinals always do is sign those those players. They get on the other side of 30, give them big deals. And um, you look at teams like the Patriots who know when it's when it's time to get away from those guys and bring in the younger talent. So it looks like that's what the Cardinals are doing. Uh, and, and ultimately, to see what you got with the young guys, you got to play them. So that's what they're doing. Um, Dennis Gardeck flying around like crazy on special teams and what he got in on defense last week. He caused a fumble. Uh, the guy looked, looked great. I mean, he's just all hustle, all heart. Is he replacing a Chandler Jones? No. Is a Marcus Golden replacing a Chandler Jones? No. Those guys aren't going to do that. So you're going to have to fabricate that and, and make it happen just by, you know, a lot of blitzes. If you look at the numbers with, with Patrick Mahomes last week, I think we blitzed him 54% of the time. I mean, it was the most he had ever been blitzed. Um, it didn't work. He threw five touchdowns, but um, that that's what you're going to see. They're just going to keep throwing things at defense, hope they get a stop or two, and then just make sure they capitalize on offense, which they didn't do last week. So you got to hope going into this week, that's what you fixed. The offense hopefully is clicking, and we're not blaming uh, poor practice habits like they did this <laughs> week. Last, <laughs> yeah, so, we'll talk about we'll talk. Go ahead, Mo. We'll talk about poor practice habits in a minute. Right. So I want to move back to the secondary, specifically the cornerback position. A little bit of uh, tragedy what, what, mixed with what, unfortunate. Mo, go ahead. Mo, what cornerback? Uh, <laughs> but okay, go ahead. But I feel like it was a little bit of tragedy and bad luck, and then just you know injury. Like okay, so the Cardinals. I looked at their cornerback history of you know trying to address the position they bring in jeff gladney unfortunately he passed away in a car accident antonio hamilton i know he's been a backup for most of his career he has a cooking accident where he like burns his feet i believe and then you you guys trade for what the college trade for trayvon mullen who we're familiar with and he he comes over there with the toe injury raiders fans were already saying oh he's injury prone he's not gonna play blah 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 he was completely healthy for his first two years didn't play a lot last year because of his foot toe so my, my question to you is, what is your concern level with the cornerback position? Is that at the top of your concerns list for the as far as positions are concerned with the Cardinals right now? Yeah, that's number one. Robert Alford should have gotten a call. I'm, I'm sure he's been on Steve Kime's speed dial uh, <laughs> every day, and I just don't understand why he's not playing. Um, obviously, he got hurt last year, but when he was playing at the beginning of the year, he was great. He was probably one of our top corners on the team, and uh, ultimately, you know, you let him walk and was hoping to get him on a hometown discount because we paid him for the past few years and he was hurt. So that didn't happen. It sounded like he wanted more money. So right now it's a hodgepodge. You got Byron Murphy, right? Uh, who you drafted, you know, the first pick of the, the, the second round a couple years back. That's, that's a guy that you are, uh, you're, you're really counting on to, to make a difference. And he's been good. Uh, Marco Wilson is another guy. Uh, that you're expecting big things out of, but he has struggled a lot. He was great at the beginning of last year, but once some tape got on him, uh, he's been exposed all day. And, you know, you talk about Trayvon. We heard he's at practice today. It sounds like he might get some run this week. We're hoping. Um, But, again, they're not bringing anybody in, and it's just like you don't have anybody. So, um when you talk about Hamilton and the, and the cooking accident, it's just weird because Hamilton was here last year. He played good at times, but, you know, coming out of camp after the Gladney uh, unfortunate situation, um, they th- they said Hamilton had earned the second, you know, the second corner job. And it was like, really? I mean, 
on 31 other teams, he probably isn't the second corner. So it's kind of just like you're hyping him up just to give him some confidence. But, uh, you know, and now he's unfortunately sidelined. And so, yeah, you don't have a corner room. And so, yes, that is the, the biggest priority or biggest, biggest concern and priority uh, in my mind. And Derek Carr should have a field day to Devontae Adams all Sunday. And, and Waller and everybody else should, Renfro, they all should have a good day on Sunday. Yeah, it, it... It's crazy. One, before we move on to the offense and get a little bit about that, about that um, one guy I really liked coming out of college, uh, and he's a guy who will tell you how good he is, uh, but he's struggled a little bit there and not been, I think, the player that Arizona expected him to be is Isaiah Simmons. Uh, here's a guy I really like. What's the deal with him? Because uh, I heard in the offseason how good he was from him, uh, and he was very confident, which you like. You like in a young guy to be confident. Don't get me wrong. But what's the what's the issue with Isaiah Simmons? Why has he not developed to the type of player that everybody thought he could be? Well, the Cardinals, when they look for scapegoats at some point this season, and they're going to, it's going to happen. <laughs> Somebody is going to lose their job, uh, and I don't think it's going to be the head coach, and I don't think it's going to be the GM. They all both they both got extensions. Uh, what it ultimately comes down to, when you look in the mirror, it, it's why are these players not being developed? You, you're spending high draft capital on these guys, and and nothing's happening. I, I mean, they're they're regressing. They're not. Uh, moving moving forward, they're taking five steps back. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is is one. I think I look at Hassan Reddick 2.0. You're playing him all over the field because you say he's a freak athlete, which he is. But at this level, being a freak athlete only gets you so far. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of freak athletes on the field. And Isaiah Simmons, you're not an exception. So uh, at that point, you know, they've got he was just getting toast by wide receiver after wide receiver last week, I saw a meme and it was Isaiah Simmons day to day. And it was a picture of burnt toast. It was, it was just bad. Um, (laughs) But uh, he needs to be rushing the quarterback. I I mean, they're just trying to fill gaps and holes and make up for their secondary issues. And, and, you know, you got two potential pro bowl uh, safeties back there um, and you still can't get it figured out. So it's just, can we get off the defense? It's just a mess. I mean, I, <laughs> we, what do you, uh, we, we can beat the now. defense to death all day, but ultimately the key to this team is going to be the offense. I mean, that, that's all it is. I'll, I'll save you on that one, Tyler. Let's move on to the offense and talk about the wide receiver core. Just right now, I, I just feel like maybe this is sour grace for me because I picked up AJ Green in my fantasy league and he did absolutely nothing. And I heard there was no separation from him in that first game. But what what do the Cardinals plan on doing at wide receiver behind Marquise Brown, who obviously has a connection with Kyle, Kyler Murray? What is the update on Rondell Moore? Is he healthy with his hamstring? Is he going to play Sunday? Uh, what like what's going on there at that position? I know they got Zach Ertz there, whatever. But I, I'm interested to see what the young guy is. He gonna is he gonna make a move? Is Greg Dortch gonna be the second option? Who is it? Oh yeah, light the Dortch, baby, Greg Dortch. <laughs> um, you know, offensively, you traded your first round pick for Hollywood Brown. Uh, the connection with Kyler, their buddies. You're hoping that they they are gonna have the synergy that they had in college. Um, they only connected for, I think, two catches on Sunday, if I remember correctly. And the first one was they only had one in the first half. So, I, I mean, obviously, there's only two. So it is what it is. But my, my whole point is um, he's supposed to be your number one while Hopkins is out. And Kyler said it today. He wants he wants to see him get 11 targets a game. OK, well, you're the quarterback. Make that happen. So it's on his radar. You think it's going to happen this weekend. He's really the guy. But when you go to number two, number three, the other options in this offense, yes, Greg Dortch. I mean, 
this kid was phenomenal in camp. And every year I feel like there's a guy that stands out. And then when you get to the regular season, it, it, it was, it was smoking mirrors. It was playing a bunch of guys that don't have jobs playing second and third stringers. And that's why the guy looked good. Greg Dorch, he gets separation. He catches everything for the most part. I, I mean, this guy, I have never been so hyped about a guy. So if you're looking for a sleeper in your fantasy league or anything, Greg Dorch for the next four or five weeks is going to be the guy uh, offensively that I think you're going to see get a lot of targets. Uh, you mentioned Zach Ertz. I know for us, you know, Trey McBride was a high draft pick. Uh, he was the top tight end in the draft. He's one we want to see, but ultimately he did miss a lot of training camp. So he's playing catch up mm. at this point. Right. So eventually you'll see him. But for right now, yeah, it's going to be a, a combo of Zach Ertz, Hollywood Brown, uh, Greg Dorch. You might see Andy Isabella a little bit. Um, oh, wow. Barely made the team. Uh, he had a great camp. I'll give him that. But ultimately he, he basically made the team because of a lot of injuries. So um until we get some guys back, I mean, it's really going to be kind of that that unit for right now. I mean, that you're really not going to see anything else. Yeah, Andy Isabella, one of John Gruden's favorite guys coming out of the combine, as I recall back then. Um, Tyler, we trade him when- to you. Gruden's gone now hopefully the personality decisions are a little better uh but but I'll tell you uh obviously we talk about the wide receivers as Mo brought up and a great question uh but the guy who's throwing it to him Kyler Murray we know about the odyssey in the offseason to get his new contract he gets his new contract uh and and everybody expects that offense to to do better moving forward but talk a little bit about the mindset and kind of the the how Kyler Murray is doing how he was through camp and the preseason uh, and where he's at now, uh, w- what kind of pressure does he have with that contract? And what are fans kind of feeling down there about where he's at and how he looked in week one? It feels like between Kyler Murray, uh, the GM, Steve Kime and head coach Cliff Kingsbury, there is no pressure. They all got contracts this off season. <laughs> and it's kind of like, Hey, y'all got five, six more years left. So, you know, Hey, we'll just, we'll see where we go this year. Right. And so for Kyler Murray, I know as a fan base, it's very strange because as a fan base, I think everybody's tired of, of the three headed monster that is, and we see the potential, but it's, it's really weird that they all got these contracts right now, because I think if you would ask most fans, they're all ready to see them, you know, put, make action or get off the pot. Uh, I was trying to use a phrase that I don't think I could use, but um, ultimately that's what they want to see. Now, now Kyler, again, all the skill in the world, but over the last like seven game stretch dating back to last year, he hasn't been good and and the team hasn't been good offensively and when you're counting on and you loaded up this team with offensive weapons uh both at the run game and then also with the what the wide receiver unit and tight end you're looking for this team to to take a step and go back to what they were last year remember we started what eight and one if i remember correctly um until that that bad packers game where aj uh, green didn't turn around you notice i didn't mm-hmm. mention aj green at all that's because he's literally not played for us <laughs> uh, since that green bay game um yeah. so if you still have him on your team definitely drop a mo but uh yeah ultimately you want to see kyler step up as a leader and over the off season, it feels like he has, it feels like he's, he's, he's commanding the offense a little more. He's talking to guys. He's not throwing as many pouting sessions as he had in pre- previous seasons. Um, but being a realistic fan, he still hasn't shown that he's a leader of men. And that's what mm. you want to see from your quarterback. And uh, ultimately going into Sunday, when we talk about how many Oh, and two teams have made the playoffs, um, 
that's staring Kyler Murray and this team right in the face, just like it is the, the Raiders. So, Kyler, this is your time to shine, and I feel like every time it's his time to shine, he doesn't come through. So uh, it's very going to be a very interesting game on Sunday. Interesting. So we got Detective Vasquez on the case. So I guess those, those whispers about about Kyler not being a leader in the locker room were true because I know there was some discrepancies there back and forth. Of, you know, he's not a leader and then Kyler kind of refuting those. And then, you know, he wants his contract and his agent gets involved and all of this stuff going on. But just want to ask you, as far as the offense is concerned, the recent struggles, how much of that you think is just not having DeAndre Hopkins on the field? I mean, I, I believe the Cardinals are three and five without DeAndre Hopkins going back to last year. So he's missed a lot of time. Like how much of that do you think is if once DeAndre comes back, they'll turn it back on? You know, and, and I hate that excuse at this point. Um, just because ultimately, yes, that was their excuse last year when DeAndre got hurt towards the end of the stretch. They're saying, Hey, our offense really moves around DeAndre. Okay. Well, DeAndre's getting a little bit older and his contract's getting a little bit fatter. So at some point, you know, probably next season, you're letting him walk. Um, and I think that's why you made the move to trade for Hollywood Brown. So ultimately, this this offense can't center around DeAndre. He's not who's going to grow with this team, all things considered. So when, when you look at the team as a whole, again, they went and re-signed James Conner. Um, you know, they've got guys that they really like in that offense uh, to help uh, Kyler Murray and help this offense evolve. So, you know, James Conner lit up the, the touchdown stat line last year. And uh, this year, he already looked like the same James Conner of last year when he gets the opportunity. It's just him getting the opportunity. So ultimately, Kyler Murray really in this offense have zero excuses. Yes, they have a lot of injuries right now. Um, but it really does come down to him just stepping up, being a leader, putting the team on his back. And I don't think we've ever seen that yet. Um, the only time I think he's been a leader is of a of phase clan when he plays call of duty. But other than that, <laughs> I don't know where else he's ever been a leader. So uh, I like Kyler Murray. I think he is a top five quarterback when he wants to be. And when things are going good, but unfortunately things don't always go good. So it's how does he recoup when when times are bad? And, and that's what we haven't been able to see yet. When there's adversity, when does Kyler Murray bounce back? When I watch Russell Wilson typically, other than the other night, uh, deal with <laughs> adversity, a Tom Brady, a, a Josh Allen, a, a Patrick Mahomes, when you see these guys have these situations, they go to the bench, they get on the tablet, they're bringing guys around them, they're talking to them about how do we fix this? Kyler goes to the bench and he sits by himself, doesn't have a tablet in hand, and just is looking around. So right away, that body language is not good. Now, we haven't got to see it much this year. I was at the game Sunday, so I didn't get to watch it back and actually see him on the bench. Um, but that'll be something that I would like to look and see if, if that's changed. Tyler, before we let you go, the last question I want to ask you, uh, and I was listening to Kickoff in the Valley. I was listening to your podcast. Great job by, by both of you, by the way. Uh, but I was listening to it and reading about the Cardinals against the Chiefs, and, and the one thing I saw consistently was about Cliff Kingsbury and the fact that this team was not prepared for that game. Uh, you mentioned that they said in the press conference that, look, it, you know, sloppy at practice or whatever it was. But how much of this is on the coach? How much of this is these guys just not being ready to play, especially in a big game against a big offense like Kansas City? If I had to pick a fall guy for this team, it would be Cliff Kingsbury. And it's because ultimately, again, you talk about being a leader of men. I think the relationship, and this is just my opinion, 
uh, I think that the, the relationship between Cliff and Kyler and how it dates back, I almost feel like Kyler runs the show. And I don't think Kyler's done anything to really deserve that yet. And I think if you had a different coach in there that isn't going to let him run ragged, I think it'd be better for Kyler. So ultimately, uh, this is really on Cliff to figure this out and figure it out fast. Um, now, granted, he got an extension, so I don't know. Maybe he's got a way longer leash than it seems because I don't see uh, Mr. Bidwell paying uh, a guy to sit at home next year. So it, it sounds like Cliff will, will get a pass this year, probably next year at least. So it's one, one of those things where it, to me, it does fall on him, but at the end of the day, I don't know if that means anything. You know what I mean? Like that, his, his, in the press conference the other day, when they asked what was wrong and he said, Oh, we, we need to practice better. Well, Cliff, that kind of starts with and stops with you, right? Like, <laughs> hello. So yeah. I, I mean, to me, that was the worst answer I could ever hear, and and I tore him to shreds for it. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see if it improves. I, they need to win this weekend. No ifs, ands, or buts. Really quick before we let you go, um, I just want being that you just talked about the bad practice habits, and of course, it came out what they put in Kyler Murray's contract and kind of took it out about his study habits. Do you feel like this is an undisciplined team as far as? locking in an accountability between Kyler Murray and this totality of the team and Cliff Kingsbury down. Is there an issue there with discipline? Yeah, I would think so. I, I mean, I, I just, uh, I feel like I'm lighting a torch to my entire team, but <laughs> it, it just, it, until you show me otherwise, I, I mean, what else am I supposed to think? I, it just, the way this team is and how they've responded it just isn't good. I mean, and it wasn't just Cliff that said the practice habits were bad. Hollywood Brown in his press conference said the same thing. So it's like you got the players saying, it, you got the coach saying it. You know what that says to me? At some point, you're going to lose this locker room if you haven't already. And we're only in week two. So it, it gets to a point where Cliff with this five or six years, I, I mean, <laughs> you're in a rock in a hard place as an organization. And I don't know how you get out of it. I mean, you can bring in the J.J. Watts of the world. But I think this new generation of young player that is on this team that's really who you're trying to build your team around, I don't think they listen to a J.J. Watt. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I think they do, but I think it's like, hey, old man, like, we know what we're doing. You know what I mean? Those young 20s, I don't think they really care what the older vet is having to say. It's not the 90s anymore where the old vet has that respect and things are handled a little bit differently. I, I think that's part of their biggest problem. That's what Mo does with me being the older guy on the show. He just kind of, you know, blows me off. You up, and... huh? I, I got this, Scott. <laughs> Except in <laughs> fantasy football where I beat him bad, Tyler. I beat there him bad this week. Exactly. I learned my lesson, though. All Greg right. Dorch, baby. Uh, Adam to your team right now. Greg Dorch, exactly. <laughs> Tyler Vasquez, that. who you could hear on Kickoff in the Valley, another Odyssey original podcast covering the Arizona Cardinals. My man, thank you so much uh, for being with us. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you on down the line. Appreciate awesome. It. Thanks fellas. This was fun. All right. There you go, uh, Tyler. And uh, you know, it's I'm sure for Raider fans and for Tyler, it won't be any comfort, but uh, Raider fans are probably just glad to hear that there is dysfunction in other places because uh, most Raider fans are used to it being in silver and black. And the fact that there is some dysfunction somewhere else probably makes them feel good, Mo. Two, two things. I wish I had Tyler on before I started my week one fantasy league so that I know <laughs> not to pick up or touch AJ Green. The only reason I picked him up is because I thought he would have some production because they had injuries, as Tyler said, the position. 
But on a serious note, I, one thing I didn't get to mention to Tyler was to connect that question about discipline. I'm wondering if there's mm-hmm. a connection between that discipline and their late season collapses. An undisciplined team cannot handle the pressure late in the season, and they right. tend, technically they usually tail off. And I think that was the Raiders' issue with with John Gruden. John Gruden, exactly. Same thing happened, right? We saw exactly. it for three seasons. So uh, mm-hmm. very interesting. All right, we're going to take our break. When we come back, Mo will return with me, and we will close out the show talking about our view of what the Raiders need to do to beat the Cardinals on Sunday in Las Vegas. And we'll wrap up some of the other news, including having Kelly Kreiner on to talk about our Silver and Black Today Fantasy Football League. And Mo is going to eat something that he hates because he lost his bet with me over fantasy football. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Thursday edition. Special thanks again to our guest in the last segment, Tyler Vasquez from Kickoff in the Valley, the Odyssey original podcast that covers the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, that's where we're part of the family, Odyssey original podcast. But you could also be listening to us right now on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas or on 1140 The Bet. You can hear the show there over the air on Sundays as well. So thanks for joining us if you're listening to us on the radio. Uh, but we're here talking about Raiders football. It's myself, Scott Branson, and my partner, Mo Moten. Uh, and Mo, this segment, we're going to get into the game a little bit ourselves and start to talk a little bit about some keys to the game. And uh, as we mentioned in the last segment, no team since the playoffs expanded to 14 games no, excuse me, 14 teams, not 14 games, um, has gone 0-2 and made the playoffs. Now, before they expanded, and it was 12, several teams did do that, including three that won a Super Bowl after going 0-2. But since the 14-team uh, playoff, they haven't done it. This is a big, big game. A lot of fans are looking at it as almost a pushover, which we know there are none of in the NFL, especially coming off a game where your quarterback didn't play well. When you look at the Cardinals and you look at the Raiders and what they need to do, the questions on the offensive line, the injuries in the defensive backfield, what are the keys for this team to go into their home venue, Allegiant Stadium, and come out with a very important win that they got to get here in week two? Well, you heard what Tyler said. He said, what cornerback room? So you got to attack the back end (laughs) of that defense. Devontae Adams, if he had 141 yards against the Chargers last week, he should have about 181 yards against this Cardinals uh, secondary. So I think Devontae Adams is going to have another big game. Hunter Renfro should have another. Uh, should have a big game. Should be targeted more to have that big game. And of course, Darren Waller attacking the middle of the field, where we talked about some underperforming former first-round picks. 
I believe Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons are in the middle of that defense. So hopefully we see Renfro and Waller attack the middle of that defense. The other thing is you can't let Kyler Murray wreck the game. I, he's mm. mobile. Everyone knows that. I believe Josh McDaniels talked about this Wednesday. Very special player, of course. Uh, despite the way he played last week or in the playoffs or at the end of last season's, you can't sleep on Kyler Murray because he could he could beat you by himself with his legs and with his arms. So can't let him and, and, and Marquise Brown have that connection as far as like comparison to Devontae and Carr is you can't let two guys or one guy wreck the game. So make sure you if you got to if you got to have a safety over Marquise Brown, do that. Force other guys to beat you like A.J. Green, who gets no separation because he's 85 <laughs> years old and Zach Ertz, who's been banged up. Yeah. Other than that, you know, Again, just don't let Marquise Brown beat you with that connection he has with Kyler Murray. Right, and I, I think the Raiders, to, to win this game, I mean, listen, we've, we've been talking ad nauseum about the offensive line, as we should, okay? The other thing is Derek Carr. So, so the key is offensive line. Some they, they got to play better on both sides of that line, and we'll see what happens with Andre James at center. It might be Dylan Parham at center, and then you got a whole different issue because that'll be his first pro game at center. And so it could, it could go south very quickly, in my view. So that's number one. Number two for me is Derek Carr. It's the elephant in the middle of the room. And I know it was going around on, on Wednesday about uh, Derek Carr and, and from uh, Josh over at AP, who I know Raider Nation does not feel good about. But other outlets have reported, you look at Derek Carr, and I sent this to you and Kelly earlier in the day, um, Derek Carr, five wins and seven losses over his last 12 starts, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And the most shocking to me, actually, is 11 fumbles. You mentioned the fumbles in the last game against the Chargers on the last show. Uh, but Derek Carr, and I know that's a carryover from last season. So is that really a good assessment? I don't know. But the numbers are the numbers. We were just talking about the Cardinals. 0-6 at home over their last six in Phoenix. And they've had issues, and they've continued into this season. Um, the Derek Carr situation, you and I have been said, hey, look, don't panic. We still think Derek Carr will have a good year. But clearly, since John Gruden has been gone, Derek Carr, in some ways, I believe, has regressed, and I don't understand why. Yeah, and I, if I were to say regression, I would point to probably his mobility because I yes. pointed this out in the last show that every year John Gruden was there, Derek Carr seemed to use his legs a little better every year. And I know Josh McDaniels said he doesn't want his quarterback to run. And a lot of people took it as, oh, yeah, he wants Derek Carr to sit in the pocket like a duck and get hit. And I'm like, that's not the case. There's a difference between a quarterback running and a quarterback evading pressure to buy time and extend plays, improvising. It's two different things. They're not the same. Derek Carr needs to maybe not run for 20, 30 yards for first downs, but he needs to be able to move in the pocket because, as so many have pointed out on Twitter, he doesn't have a stout offensive line. This isn't the Lions' offensive line. This isn't the Eagles' offensive line. He's going to have to move if he's going to be successful and take this team far because guys are still learning on the job. You have young people. They're shuffling people already because of injuries, possibly, with Andre James out, maybe. So he has to be able to perfect that part of his game. Now, he'll never be a natural mover, but that's something that I feel like the coach staff needs to continue to work on him with. Yeah, and it has it has gone backwards because the one thing that you saw, and, and especially early part of last year, 
was you saw him get much better at that. They focused on it, and whatever Gruden mm-hmm. and that staff, Greg Olson, was doing, it worked, right? And now you've seen kind of that, at least with the one-game sample, and, of course, over the last 12 games we mentioned, uh, it's it's not been good, and so, so he's got to turn that around. The other part I made, the other kind of key that I pointed out was, and I focused on a player, but in reality it's just something building off of the Charger game, and that is I said you got to get Hunter Renfro involved, but the reality is you need to spread the ball around. Now, listen, Devontae Adams, if he's open and you hit him, I don't, I don't have any problem with Derek Carr finding that guy because he's remarkable. But at the same time, you have to be able to move the ball. You have to see the field and take what's open to move the ball more efficiently. I say Renfro, but you have Renfro, you have Waller, uh, and, of course, Adams. He's got to get that ball out. He's got to see that whole field, which I don't think he did well in watching the film against the Chargers. Right, and I and I, it's a combination of things. I think one, he talked about being too aggressive, and I think that's just not taking what the defense gives you at times. Mm-hmm. But he also has to throw a better ball because let's be honest. I think Josh McDaniels pointed this out. There was a ball he, I believe, he threw to Waller, put too much touch on it, got to zip it in there. Again, I pointed this out last show with the interception to Hunter Renfro. Should have been more outside than inside, away from the defender where only your receiver can get it. Devontae Adams, that ball was underthrown. So. Yeah. Not only does he have to be less aggressive in certain moments and and pick up what the defense is giving him, but he has to throw a more accurate ball. And typically, Derek Carr through his career has done that, so I'm not worried about like his touch or his zip because he has the arm strength, he has the touch. He just needs to adjust that from his first game. But one thing we didn't talk about that I want to bring up is, and it's not a big part of the game plan, but Amik Robinson is going to get another chance to show why he belongs on this team and to be a, maybe a rotational player cornerback with Anthony Averett on IR. So when Nate Hobbs is on the out, on the inside, Rocky Asin's on the outside, you're probably going to see Amik Robinson out there as we did in the first game. So this mm-hmm. is a big opportunity, a big game for him. Yeah, and he didn't. He played pretty well, I think, against the Chargers. You know, nothing to write home about, but he did solid. So we'll see if he can improve on that. It's a good start for him, as he struggled a lot in the preseason. We didn't even think maybe he would make the roster, but there he is, and now he's given a golden opportunity. Mo, I, I think I think the Raiders win this game. I really do, but I, that's all dependent on some of these things coming together. Um, especially with the Cardinals and what we heard from Tyler with that defense, uh, this offense, if this offense doesn't beat now, again, the Raiders defense has to perform and like you said, contain Kyler Murray as much as they can and Marquise Brown, but this offense should sparkle against that Cardinals defense. If they don't, then I would start to be really worried. Look, I like Byron Murphy jr. Coming out of Washington, I thought he was going to yeah. be a first-round pick. I do. But the Cardinals don't have anyone to guard Devontae Adams. Mm-mm. And on top of that, they, they got Darren Waller coming in. They got Hunter Renfro coming in. As you mentioned, if Derek Carr spreads the ball, the Raiders should put up at least 30 points. I, I'm actually not worried about this game at all. And I know any given Sunday, any team can beat you. But this, this is a game that I feel like the Raiders should win and will win. Uh, I, have a betting artic- I have a betting article that's out now. And I know my colleagues may have picked the Cardinals to cover the spread, but me and one of my editors feel like the Raiders should win by two scores. And I, and again, I feel real, real confident saying the Raiders win this game and go one and one. All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, the Cardinals. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to bring in our good friend. We go out to Las Vegas to the cigar box, just off of Dean Martin, uh, one of my favorite places in all of the city. And we bring in our good friend, Kelly Kreiner. 
Kelly, before we get into the fantasy football smack talk and all that jazz, uh, want to get your thoughts on on this Raiders offensive line, what you saw against the Chargers, the Derek Carr situation, the injury situation. Overall, how concerned should Raider fans be? Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me, Scott? I can hear you. You got. We got you, buddy. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, because I'm you and Mo are. You sound like Disney characters to me. You sound like you're on like three times speed right now. Oh, um, really? Yeah. You didn't, dr- you yeah, didn't drink too uh, much uh, coffee or anything, did you? No, no, it's not <laughs> definitely not that. Um, but no, yeah. When I rewatched the game, because at first, you know, you're thinking, you know, offensive line issue. That's kind of what the problem was. I noticed that there was Derek Carr wasn't feeling the pressure. Derek Carr was not, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't feeling that he wasn't moving in the pocket. So if the offensive line's going to struggle and he's not going to be moving around in the pocket, you know, this could be a long season for the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's troubling, but I, I think he'll bounce back, uh, especially with this Cardinals defense uh, that they're going to be facing on Sunday in Las Vegas. Um, Let's um, let's jump in on fantasy football now. Well, actually, Mo, you talked about your betting column, and by the way, you can see Mo if you're watching us. Mo's Mo's starting to taste his mint chip ice cream. <laughs> Kelly, have you ever like, have you ever put Colgate toothpaste in the freezer and then just <laughs> added water and then just ate it? Oh, I love it. That's what it tastes like. Seriously, not even kidding. It's terrible. <laughs> So, so just to recap, Mo lost his fantasy football game to me in week one, and he's now eating. This, the bet was I had to wear a Yankee cap because I hate the Yankees, and he is eating the ice cream. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to us on the podcast, go watch the YouTube video of Mo eating it because he looks like he looks like a raisin. He's all scrunched up because <laughs> he's eating the ice cream. Uh, but it, it's uh, it's it's the bet. He's a, he's a man of his word. Mo, Mo is 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 a highly uh, ethical and honest human being, and so he's eating the ice cream. He's giving the thumbs up because you know what's going to happen. He's he's going to finish that carton and he's going to go buy another one. Kelly, <laughs> don't count on it. Uh oh, did we lose Kelly again? We might have lost Kelly. We'll get him back. It was the it was the ice cream. It was the. <laughs> we'll get Kelly back here in a minute. Uh, but uh, and I'm trying to get the video here. Oh, there we go. Okay, so um, Mo, so you're so you're thinking it tastes like toothpaste still, even it with the chocolate. Even like, with the chocolate there, it's not. It's not. I tried not to convincing eat, like, you. Like there's there's cho- I don't know if you can see it, but there's chocolate chip in there, and I'm trying to eat the chocolate chip to drain <laughs> out the mint. <laughs> oh my, oh my gosh! All right, we got Kelly back now. Uh, how do you okay. how do you, how do you like this stuff? Seriously. He's uh. He's eating the ice cream. It's great, Kelly. Uh, but hey, uh, Mo mentioned the the, uh, the 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 betting aspect of this. Uh, the Raiders are a five and a half point favorite at home against the Cardinals. Kelly, what are you thinking of this one? If you're putting down some greenbacks on the game, well, the line opened five now. So I mean, I think I. I I agree with that line move. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. I think they cover. Um, general consensus on this game is that the Raiders are going to they're going to win it. And see that line jump as quick as it did. I was a little surprised, but there's just not Kingsbury. 
you know, Hopkins yeah. is still out. You know, the Cardinals didn't look great. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But this is a game that you yeah, so so one of those times Raider Nation can actually bet with their heart and uh, uh, bet with the smart guys uh, as far as here, the game goes, right? Here, here's the thing, though. The things that plague the Raiders with the Chargers aren't going to necessarily plague them with the Cardinals. The Cardinals don't have a Khalil Mack-Joey Bosa combination. Yep. We just talked about that with Tyler. Their pass rush, I don't want to call it non-existent, but it's not nearly as fierce as the Chargers' pass rush, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers, I know J.C. Jackson was out, but they still had some defensive backs who could make plays on the football. You saw Bryce Callahan pick off that pass. We talked to Tyler. Again, he said, what cornerback room? Who's going to make a play on the ball, even if Carr has an off game? Who's going to be back there to force those turnovers? So right. I, I, the Raiders should win this game handily, in my they opinion. Should. Sort of like my fantasy football win over you. It was good. Um, <laughs> so, Kelly, let's talk fantasy football now. We had a big week, just so you know, uh, and and we'll publish this uh, below. You can see the link to the thing. And look at look at Mo just going to town on that mint chip gelato. It's actually gelato because because you know Kelly, he's he's uh, he's he's kind of a bougie, bougie guy over there in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Well, plus also, I mean, it, I'm sure there's you know for every nice ice cream store there is in his area, there's probably ten gelato stores. <laughs> hipster ice cream so yes we're gonna start calling them paisan um all right fantasy football we'll publish the the standings i'll put this in the youtube video if you see it there we'll also tweet it out uh today on thursday as well but you look at the scores uh again mo i beat mo 133 to 110 uh kelly lost one to slow jam james the guy we all kind of thought we had the best team overall 128 to 109 point six two uh then we had the bottom score was our good friend just win wendy and 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 we're shouting her out sorry to rub it in wendy uh she was making fun of herself too she had just 61 points the idaho infidels uh beat the max power team the north county raiders lost to the multiple scoregasms <laughs> one of my favorite scores but you look at this fantasy football week it was a crazy week in the nfl overall how did that translate kelly to the fantasy performance for for people with teams in the league well it's it's funny because like when you look at the scoring system just in our league um was fourth we both lost we only we lost to the only person that could beat us and that's Mm -hmm. kind of fantasy football in a nutshell Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. happens you just have to it's going to be good in the long run that stuff's going to even out Uh, but yeah as far as the actual game and everything goes, like there are five wide receivers on the injury report right now. It yeah. just seems like there was a lot of high value fantasy assets that got dinged up and nicked up here. So the waiver wire is going to be more important than usual for these first couple of weeks. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because a lot of the stuff that, you know, you know I, I'm heavily invested in the Eagles. The team scored five touchdowns. The quarterback accounted for one of them. That's something you're <laughs> unusual. And then if you're like, if you're a Kyle Pitts owner, Kyle Pitts is not going to have a game. I don't think he has another bad game like that again this year. So it's like, but you gotta, you gotta look at your team and you know, if, if you drafted stars and they had a bad week, they're stars for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's it's sort of like the 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 NFL itself with the week one overreactions. Now there's some teams 
that we saw, like the Broncos, who should be worried. And again, there's a lot of coaching relation there, too. And same thing with the Cardinals. Uh, but you don't want to get too freaked out in week one unless you have some big player go down with a major injury. Uh, but going into this week, into week two, Moe's going to take on Just Win Wendy. Uh, and you are taking on our producer, David Stepanian, by the way, and who won last week as well. And I'm taking on the Bay Area Raiders. So, so some key matchups on this one. If you look at some of the the matchups, not only in our league but in fantasy football this week, and I, I asked this to both of you, Mo and Kelly, since since Mo writes about it as well up on Bleacher Report. Um, what are some good starts for folks this week in fantasy football? If there's if there's one or two guys where they're a must start, and Kelly forgot to pay the electric bill there or something, so we'll we'll get back to him in a second. But when you guys look at this, and now Mo's under arrest because somebody's got a siren. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great stuff here today, uh, but no. Uh, when you when you look at this um, this week, Mo and and starters that you want to make sure uh, that you get into the lineup to to, to do the best thing you can win your game. Uh, uh, what, who 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 shines for you? Who sticks out? Who's gonna have a big week? Well, I have my sleepers uh, piece out or coming out. Um, I, I'm not gonna tell where it's at because I know people are gonna. Right there, but um, <laughs> actually, actually, like, actually, like some of the underrated Carolina Panthers players. I know they had a slow start against the Browns, but I think this year the Browns have a good defense, and I think the silver lining there, even with the Panthers' loss, is seeing Baker Mayfield hook up with Robbie Anderson. So I have both, I have both those players on my sleepers list, and I actually picked up Robbie Anderson in a couple of leagues. But I do want to touch on something that Kelly said, and I found that found very interesting. If you look at the points scored in our fantasy football league, right? Yeah. I scored the third most points in the league. There are only two people in the league that could have beat me this week. Two. So mm. that means everyone else that if you want to come at me because I'm up here eating disgusting mint chip ice cream <laughs> and saying, oh, the Vince Lombardi doesn't have it. The Vince Lombardi is down, whatever. Just remember, if I had played any other team, the 10 other teams in our league, I would have won that matchup. It took Scott who scored the most points. So Scott would have not only beat me, he would have beat everyone in the league. So no matter who you are, Scott would have won that matchup. Yeah. So just know that Mo is down for this week, but I will be back and I will still reclaim my title as the Vince Lombardi of fantasy football. It's going to happen. Are, are you sure you're not the Bill O'Brien of fantasy football? <laughs> this week, I'll wear that. I'll wear that this week. <laughs> Kelly, uh, did you hear what Mo said? Were you were you back? I know I know we've had some issues there. We're gonna get talk. Yeah, we're gonna talk to I, Jason about upgrading the internet there. Yeah, I, I heard I heard what Mo said, but like I said earlier, yeah, Mo's right. You know, it's like there were matchups like between me, you, and like we had three highest scores. Yeah. Right. So it's like okay, the you know, we just happen to run up against the people that beat us. Um, uh, I, I will say one. Did you ever say anything about my hat yet? I can't see your hat. You, you see you, my you, nice hat? It, it, you're, you're frozen again. Again, we got to get we got to get we got to get the cigar. Just the visuals frozen. We can hear you, so the people oh, watching okay. can't see it. But um, what is it? What, yeah. It's a green hat. Uh, I can see that. Is it a mint chip ice cream? <laughs> a mint chip no, ice cream. it is green though. It is a Marshall Thundering Herd hat. Oh, stop! Ah, yes, you're a big yes, yes. Oh boy, here we yeah. go. See, yes, that's what happens and, when you're the when you're the when you're the top dog. At least in week one, I know it doesn't mean much, but yes. when you're the top dog, they come at you. The Marshall hat. There it is. Now I can see it. 
Yeah. Oh no, if you'd have lost by fifty, right. I'd have still wore this hat. It had not matter. I mean, am I the type of person that would just buy a hat? And I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like we were saying with the losses and stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's always tough when you lose like that. You got to look at yeah. it. You don't like I said. You don't want to panic. You know, but you also you got to realize that if like there's going to be some players you drafted on your, you got to know when to cut bait. So if you hold on too long or clog in a roster spot, it doesn't do you any good. Yep. Yeah, my team, I'm fine. You know, Mo's going to we're three and four in points and seven and eighth in the league. I don't mm-hmm. see that staying that long. Exactly. Yeah, and I I get Kelly in week five. So, so we got a few more weeks to go before that. And, you know, I was looking, I was studying and you were talking about uh, good pickups this week, Mo. And so I was doing my research. I'm like, okay. Cause, cause I told you guys, I stream defenses. I stream tight ends usually, but so I stream defense. So I'm like, ah, I gotta go get the Browns defense. Guess who has the Browns defense? Kelly. Mr. Mint chip. Yeah. The Browns. I mean, the Browns defense would be oh, a good me. one to have. Um, yeah, I, think yeah. somebody, I think so. Yeah. You went you went black on us again. <laughs> and they're playing the Jets. They're playing the Jets this week, so Yes. Exactly. You know that's that's like fifteen to twenty points. Right and there. I and I knew I'm like I went to pick it up and I'm like, Oh gosh. And then I there I see it. Mostradamus beat me to the punch. Beat me and to the punch. The, that's the thing when you're stre- like I said, streaming tight end, streaming defense. You kinda kinda be quick on the punch, quick. but also a couple weeks in advance because yeah. if you're on a in a league that has um like waiver priorities you might not want a week or two so you get a higher priority so you can lock in a player or a defense or a kicker because if you're just going mm-hmm. week by week every week you get stuck in that same priority priority yeah. number so if you can if you can pick up a defense or a tight end or something that you can play one two and be okay, that priority is going to be higher. So if somebody pops up that's everybody's going to want, you have a much better chance of getting them with that priority or two. Yeah, there you go. Well, that uh, Kelly, man, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, and, and we're going to wait. We're going to, we might just continue, just let the show roll until, until Mo vomits from his mint ice cream. Cause he, he doesn't okay. look, he doesn't look happy right now. Uh, but Kelly, man, we appreciate you being with us after I know a hard day at work. So thank you, buddy. Yeah, no problem, guys. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. We will have Kelly back on next week, and we'll talk about the latest fantasy football roll-up. So so how you doing? How's the – you know, mint helps with digestion. Are you feeling like – feeling like it's it's clearing out your dinner? You've you've, you've cleared your palate a little bit there, Mo? I feel like I don't have to brush my teeth tonight because my (laughs) teeth feel squeaky clean now. I mean, I I just ate like half the – I don't know if you could see it, but I just ate like about half – Look at that. Yeah. See? There you go. And you know what? I, I give you all the credit in the world because all you had to do is like take one spoonful. But I know you're also a very smart dude and you spend your money wisely. So you're figuring, hey, if I bought the thing, I'm not going to let it go to waste. Because you know how expensive things are in New York City. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to even tell you how much this, this mint chip crap costs, but, it, <laughs> it, you know, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too fun. All right. Well, that's going to close out the show. And Mo, um, again, I agree with you on this game against the uh, Cardinals for the Raiders this week. I think they're going to roll and do really well against them. And they really do need it. And and hopefully Derek Carr plays 
like he usually does, and he kind of puts some of that to rest because I think this team mentally needs to get past that. It doesn't need to be a storyline because it might not impact them right now, but the longer it goes, the bigger it issue it, it becomes, not just for fans, but I think sometimes in the locker room, even though they all say they don't pay attention, we all know these guys are younger guys. They're all watching social media, and it just does take a thing. But also – for, for Josh McDaniels, he wants to move past it and focus on areas they have to improve. And that's not the quarterback because they didn't, they didn't think at all that they would need to worry about quarterback. And one thing I will say, and I wrote about this in my Derek Carr piece that's out on Sports Not. The last time Derek Carr threw three interceptions in the game, the very next game, he completed 29 of 32 of his, of his passes, threw for about 270, 280 yards, mm. and a touchdown. The problem was... This is the year that John Gruden traded Khalil Mack and the Denver Broncos ran for like 160-something yards on the Raiders' defense, so they lost 2019. But my point is that after a bad game, Derek Carr rebounded and played exceptionally well. Now, he's going to have a lot more help this time around. The Cardinals' defense is going to be as good. So I do, again, I expect the Raiders win, and I expect a convincing victory on Sunday. As do I. Well, get ready for that one, Raider Nation. We appreciate you being with us and listening to Silver and Black today. We will be back again on Sunday. We'll be back Sunday post-game. Join me and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, Mo is is completely swamped on Sunday, so he can't... I'll be calling out sick after eating too much mint chip ice cream, so I won't be there. <laughs> he won't be able to cover the games this week because he's going to be so sick from the ice cream. Uh, but if Mo can jump on, he will. We don't count on it because he's too damn busy, but if he does, he will, especially if something crazy happens. I know you will because you'll be too... You'll be too pensive and you'll have to jump on and say well, I, wanna, I need to talk Raiders even though you're sitting there with probably eight computers writing 16 different stories uh, but we appreciate it man and um, we appreciate all of you for all of you who were chatting with us on YouTube during the show thank you for that as well we get a lot of enjoyment as well so Mo, we will talk to you then on Tuesday where we'll recap the game with the Cardinals and go a little bit deeper after we watch the film but thanks my friend and thank you for doing coming through on your bet and eating one of a food that you would never eat unless you had made a bet. So we'll see. You'll have you'll have your chance for revenge later on in the season. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we'll see how uh-huh. it goes. <laughs> yeah, we will. I'm a man of principles. Just remember that, Raider Nation. I'm a man of principle. So I come through when I say I'm gonna come through. Yes. But uh the other thing is next time we do talk, Raider Nation fan Raider Nation Raider fans, just relax. Uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot of panic out there this week about yes. losing to the Chargers. I get it. It was a big deal, it was a division matchup. A wise philosopher once said, R E L A X. They did, and uh, you need to. And I'm sure they will because they'll be enjoying a win, I believe, against the Cardinals. Okay. For my partner, Mo Moten. For our producer, David Stepanian, who's actually producing the show this week from Seoul, South Korea. Yes, we're international. Uh, We appreciate that as well. I'm Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black today. Take care. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Enjoy the Raider game and take care of one another. And we'll talk to you next time.